Yo, 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 he's Christian. That's Jimmer. Welcome back to Two Physical Therapists and a Bag of Chips. Don't laugh. You were almost laughing. No. No, don't do it. Today this we're going to go over a serious podcast. Very serious. Are you going to cut this out? Probably. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. No. Anyway, today we're going to go over... Common Types of Spine Surgery. Ooh. And we're going to review the Chipsy Hot and Lemon Sauced. Probably that's the correct name. Egyptian potato chips, compliments of Kim. Egyptian shipshin. That's good. That was good. Yeah. I just thought Egypt was like known for their cotton. You know, Egyptian cotton is the finest cotton in the world, they say. See, I was going to go with pyramids. Pyramids, yeah. Yeah. But as we found out a few weeks ago, Sudan actually has more pyramids. Well, most of them are buried. Are they buried? I don't know. Oh. I'm just trying to... They're different kinds. I mean, yeah. Egypt has the great pyramids. Right. Yeah. And the Sphinx. Yeah, that's cool. Sphinx is cool. They got camels and they got a lot of sand and they got the Nile. So Egypt's got a lot of things going for it. It does have a lot of things. We got sidetracked though. A little bit. We're going to talk right. about the spine. Common spine surgeries. This is, I'm, I'm cueing you. Oh, nice. So the the big ones we see are going to be discectomies, laminectomies, and fusions. There's some other ones in there that we see not quite as often. Uh, but we're going to talk about discectomy, laminectomy, and fusion in their own podcasts in the next couple weeks. Are we going to talk about laminotomy in addition to laminectomy? We, we can, which is a slightly smaller version. But, yeah, we'll talk about that more in depth. Yeah, that's good. How you about know? disc replacement surgery? Yeah, that's on there, too. Oh, wow. There's also vertebroplasties and kyphoplasties. Ooh, this is when they use a cement to, to kind of correct a compression fractor. Those, nah. are, those are pretty entertaining. Can, can I... Can I correct you there because they're not yeah. correcting the compression fracture you're stabilizing they're filling it. it yeah yeah no yeah sorry no no that's good yeah. that's good important information i mean discectomies are also known as micro discectomies pericutaneous discectomies herniated disc decompression so we'll go over all those other names all the other stuff in a little bit so we're not going to talk about it now nah. even though you just did well i'm just briefly touching on it okay yeah yeah, yeah. but we're going to talk about basically surgical intervention, surgical types, sort of approaches, some risks, and some factors that are big contributors to when surgery is appropriate when it's not appropriate. Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, most of the time now you'll see uh, minimally invasive spine surgeries. So they're not really doing big open surgeries anymore, which is in general a good thing. This allows for more sparing of muscle tissue. It has less trauma, which means faster recovery, which is all very good stuff. Open procedures do get done at times. There's always a little bit more risk involved with that. Yeah, depending on if they do an anterior-posterior approach. Yeah. Going from the front, going from the back. Yeah. So anterior approaches are becoming more common, uh, particularly in the cervical and lumbar area, because the, the stabilization technique is better there. It's a little safer. Yeah, you don't have to worry about the uh, spinal cord as much. Yeah, that's probably the best way to say that. Posterior approach is still seen, particularly in the thoracic spine, which is an area that doesn't get too many surgeries, but every once in a while you'll see that. Yeah, those would be predominantly for like like scoliosis, scoliosis. stabilization. Mm -hmm. or... Yep, and those are much kind of bigger. Those are generally more open surgeries anyway. Yeah, um, those are like, those I've are... seen some that were, you know, you have an incision from C7 to L2. It's basically way, your entire back. back. Yeah. Um, with any kind of surgery, there's always inherent risk, uh, particularly with spine surgeries. The, the risk for nerve injury is, is much higher than it will be for, say, a knee surgery. The chances of infections are also uh, a little bit higher based on 
some of the information. I'm not sure what that is yeah. all about. By and large, though, you know, the, when we're talking about these kind of risk factors, they're still minute oh, in the grand tiny. scheme of things. So yeah. the, the, we don't, we're not trying to scare you away. No. And the other thing is, is on occasion, symptoms will worsen even following the surgery, which is a, is a poor outcome. And that we... I, w I will call that a risk in that's, most cases. That's probably one of the biggest things, right? And one, one of the, the biggest debates over the course of the last 10, 15 years has been the increase in, in um, lower back surgeries with um, no increase in outcomes. So the, the biggest thing I think that we can take away from that without becoming too specific is that if you're doing back surgery for pain control, you want to make sure that you understand what is causing the pain. So diagnostics beforehand are really important instead of just thinking that the pain may be caused by something and we're going to go surgically improve this. It turns out it wasn't, so your pain is the same or in some cases even worse. And that's really common with imaging because we do so much imaging nowadays that you'll see a, you know, a bone spur or you'll see a, a disc that's protruding or something along those lines. And someone will say, well, that's wrong. We have to fix that but it's very, very important that that actually is the structure that's causing your symptoms. And there's ways to, to figure that out, like Jimmer said, do a good diagnostic workup and assessment and make sure that you know the herniation at L2 is actually causing your chest pain, which may or may not be the case. And so is it important to go correct that then? In most cases, the answer is, is gonna be, it's not important to correct that. But you gotta do your diligence and make sure that you figure everything out first. Yeah, and I think if you you know if you uh, want to listen to our uh, podcast about imaging, it came up in that as well. Um, there are lots and lots of instances where people have large herniated discs, creating quite a bit of compression of the spinal column, and are asymptomatic. So if you've had this for twenty years and you've had never had any symptoms, but you didn't know it was there, and now we take a picture of it and we see it and we say, okay, one and one equals three, we fix this, and it turns out that clearly you know, obviously wasn't the cause of your pain. You've gone through an unnecessary surgery, and nobody wants to do that. No, and spine surgery is very permanent. It's not something that you can go back in and be like, oh, we'll just go ahead and put that stuff back in there, actually, now that we've sort of done that. There's not really a good option like there is at, say, a knee, where you can just replace the knee. You can't really go around replacing your spine. So you need to be a little bit more judicious when doing surgery in general, just to spare as much of your body as you can, really. Yeah, and the other thing that I want to I want to touch on real quick is, um, and this may come back in some of the other episodes as well, is you not only do you want to know the structure that's causing your pain, but you also want to try to get an answer as to why. Why is this causing pain all of a sudden? Is there is there a change in mechanics? Is there a change in um, imbalances or strength or so? You know. Even if you fix the problem by doing surgery and your pain is significantly less, you still want to pay attention as to, okay, how did I get this? How did I get in this situation? You know, was there an accident or was this a gradual process that needs to be corrected? So you can't say, well, you can, but I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, back's fixed. I can go back to doing all the things that I was doing, including having poor posture, having poor lifting mechanics, having poor workout techniques, all those things that may have contributed to your back situation that then eventually led to back surgery, you know, the surgery is never a fix-all in this case. No, and one of the things that people will say was go do a trial of conservative care. 
Uh, and I find that term to be not the best term because it's not a passive activity. You're not just going there and having stuff done to you. Uh, when you come to physical therapy or you go and, and see somebody to, to work on an issue, you have to be an active participant. So it just means non-surgical care when they say conservative care. And so that can be quite aggressive in some cases in terms of the kind of exercises you do, the sort of treatment you receive. And that is a great way to determine whether or not your symptoms will change based on activity, based on posture, based on outside stimulus. And if those things do change, then it kind of leads you a little bit away from the surgical route unless the symptoms are worsening. And in that case, that is part, that is kind of part of the diagnostic process, right? So we're going to apply some stresses to your body and we're going to see how your body deals with it. Um, and then if we correct some of those stresses, how does your body deal with it? I think there are some instances where surgery is immediately necessary. Uh, clearly, if you have an unstable situation like a spine fracture where a part of the bone is compressing your spinal cord, you know, those are cases where surgery is, is immediately implied. Um, and then certain cardinal signs or, or, or neurological symptoms such as loss of bowel and bladder control, severe muscle strength loss. Uh, so there are some issues where, where spinal surgery is immediately indicated. But as Christian hinted at, in a lot of cases, uh, even though the pain might be severe, we're not taking anything away from the pain experience. But sometimes severe pain does not necessarily mean that this is a surgical situation. And what we've found through literature and study over the last several years is that pain by itself is not a criteria to perform back surgery. Individuals who have surgery and individuals who choose not to have surgery with the same pre-surgical reported level of pain at five years have the exact same outcomes. And so in some cases that can be poor, in some cases that can be good, but the outcomes are across the board the same in most cases. So pain as a diagnostic tool for surgery or an indication for surgery, I should say, is not the strongest correlation. Now, and unfortunately, if, if you are the person who is in pain, I, I think you are much, it's much easier to make that decision because you want to do whatever it is to get rid of the pain. So if somebody offers a surgical solution um, and you have been absolutely miserable for, for weeks or months, it's easier to gra grasp hold of that as, as the solution. But, um, you know, once again, you want to make sure that diagnostically you're at a point where you clearly understand why you're doing the surgery and what it is supposed to address. Yeah. I think that's pretty solid for uh, this. We'll get into the specifics in the next several podcasts. So... Hopefully those will be done by the time you listen to this and you can listen to the one that pertains specifically to you. Yeah, and if you have anything that you would like us to address, you know, please reach out uh, at the end of the podcast. We'll give you all the ways that you can get in touch with us. But if, if you're listening to this and you're going like, hey, I've been in this situation, I would like to, to hear a little bit more about a microdisectomy or why should I do a, um, a facet injection or an epidural injection, uh, any of those things, um, give us a shout out and we'll see if we can work that in. Absolutely. Trivia time. Yay! So last week's trivia, who is the only non-human to testify before Congress? Somebody answered Shamu, which I thought was brilliant. Which, which was pretty good. That's, I don't think Shamu made it all the way to that's the a, That's a long way for Shamu to travel and to hang out and sit without any water. But, but it was a good guess. It was a solid guess. Yeah, that was fun. The correct answer was... Drum roll. Elmo! Yeah. Did he actually appear? Yeah, so he showed up. 
So, the puppeteers were there, obviously, the puppeteers. Right. But uh, Elmo testified on the benefits of music education. Wow. So he came in and... That uh, clearly didn't help. No, this was, uh, I think, 2002 or 2004. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, good good job to Mr. Heckey. Also, uh, well done, Stacy. Nice. Yeah. Congrats. Mr. Heckey got it, right? Mr. Heckey got it, yeah. Way to go, Heckey. Yep. Uh, this week's trivia question... So the uh, NHL All-Star Game is going on right now, so that inspired this. But who has the most NHL All-Star Game assists? That's a really good question. Yep. It's a little Colorado biased, but that's fine. That's fine. See, I wasn't going to say that because I figured that would give it away. But yeah, yeah, it's, your, it's your question. I'm going. You can, I'm going. Yeah. I've, I've said it now. Can we do the chips now? Because they've been. These are smelling really good. Yeah, we're like at the chip time here. Like the. Um, it's got this. Lemony, spicy smell. Yeah. Uh, I used my Google Translator to, to translate some of these things, and that's why we have hot and lemon sauced as the flavor and or potentially just chili lime or the flavor ingredients uh, written on the back. Uh, so thank you again, Kim. We really appreciate this. Yeah, it's, once again, these came from Egypt by yeah. means of Kim. Yep. Um, just like last week's chips. Yes, the Jordanian Mr. Chip. Mr. Chip. Shall we uh, give it a shot? Yeah, absolutely. So these... The logo looks like a Lay's logo. They have a, a similar sort of bag style to the Lay's, so this this may be the local Lay's version. They're a little crunchier than last week's chip. Yeah. It's um, quite lemony off the Yeah, right off it's the um but it definitely has some heat at the end. It's yeah. not off putting lemony at all, which I was afraid of. Well, I'd almost say it's, it's limey. I almost say it's limey more than lemon. It looks green, so it's probably a lime. Oh, is it green? Yeah. I make those. Yeah, yeah, you're colored. Yeah. Deaf, so. No. But no, I make those things up all the time. So lime is different than lemon, right? Yeah. Because there's a song about lime. You put the lime in the coconut. Yeah. Y'all got it. Um, I'm it's, totally digging these. I mean, it says lemon flavor on the back, so I don't know. It's yeah. interesting. Could have been lost in translation. Yeah. Could have been lemon flavor. Um, they're chip, crunchy. Chip crunch is, is decent. Not as thick as a kettle chip, Not but they're kettle good. Chip. Decent. But the flavor is yummy. This I didn't think I was gonna like it, but this may be the first two thumbs up for the um, for the year. No, it's pretty. I'm gonna go two. You're going two. Yeah, going two. I'm liking these. There's enough heat to notice. Yeah, it's definitely not overpowering. It definitely tastes more. I would say like a Mexican, like lime spicy salsa kind of a thing, almost as opposed to like a. What I would have thought was an Egyptian food, but cause I, I don't. I, yeah, I don't think I've ever had Egyptian food, so I don't know. But but no. were you thinking more like Middle Eastern kind of yeah, spice? Yeah, I was thinking more like Middle Eastern stuff. Yeah, this just has more. Yeah. Yum! Two thumbs up. Well done, Kim. Yeah, well, two thumbs you, Kim. for me. Whatever. I'm, about I'm you. also going to give it two thumbs today. It's definitely a good deal better than last week's trip, and I was a one thumb. So we might just stick around and polish this bag off. We've gone off from there. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Next week, we're going to go over discectomy. So that's a spine surgery. That'll be the first of the rest of this series. We're going to review the Boulder Barbecue Chip. Yum. Not quite as exciting, but that's okay. If you, you like... You're saying Boulder's not as exciting as Egypt? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I pretty, agree. Pretty close for us, I guess. I mean, Boulder Chips, not quite as exciting. I love barbecue chips, though, so that's good. 
If you like the show, please tell your friends, follow, review, subscribe. If you want inf more information on this topic, follow us on Instagram and Twitter throughout the week. If you want to find out more information about Rebound Therapy and Wellness Clinic, check out our website, reboundclinic.com. Or just swing by the clinic. Always allowed. We always have coffee and tea. And hot and chocolate. And, and apple cider, I guess. And cider now, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, he's Jimmer. I'm Christian. Thank you for listening.